Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and you should, we want to invite your attention to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. We'll begin our reading of Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Once you're there and have found it, let us know you're there by saying amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Very familiar passage of scripture, but nonetheless, I believe that the Lord will reveal something to us that will assist us in our journey and our walk through this series of messages entitled, Let There Be Faith in God. Hebrews chapter 11, and beginning at verse number 1. Sounds like about three of y'all are there, so... Oh, the rest of y'all are there too. Amen. And so uh, the word of the Lord reads as follows from Hebrews chapter 11, uh, beginning at verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. I'm going to stop right there for the purpose of our reading. Father, we love you. And bless your name this morning. We thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're getting ready to do. It's my prayer, Heavenly Father, that you would speak to the heart of that one who's closest to hell and has not been yet redeemed. That you would speak into their heart, God, that would cause them to say, what must I do to be saved? Father, draw that one who's drifting in their fellowship. For whatever reason, whatever ill, whatever damage or hurt has been done to them, God, draw them back into the fellowship of the believers. Eternal and everlasting God is my prayer, even as I preach on this morning, that you would endow me with wisdom and patience in your word, that I might be able to articulate it in such a way that everyone who's listening, whether here in the sanctuary, live streaming, or on radio, or through whatever mechanism, God, that they would clearly be able to hear you speaking this morning. Father, we need this word for these days and these times because these are some dangerous times. These are some hectic days. These are the last days, and we need a clear word from you. So, Father, I lean on you that you might use me as a vessel and an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will on this day. Speak a word, God, in the midst of your people. And we'll give your name the glory and the honor and the praise for it is because of you that we do indeed live and move and have our being. And so we thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Catherine, we've been on this journey through this series entitled, Let There Be Faith in God. We started our series in Luke chapter 8, first part of the series, Faith to be Made Well. Second part was also in Luke chapter 8, which was the second part of that entangled uh, double miracle. Uh, We spoke from the subject matter fatality faith. As we saw there, the ruler who, as a result of the impending fatality of his daughter, had a faith that stirred up in him to trust Jesus Christ 
for what he had need of. And we said that fatality faith is the kind of faith that is stirred up in the face of or in the threat of a fatality or impending doom or end. And that fatality faith is believing God and not man. For in the story of Luke chapter 8, the ruler's people came to him while they were on their way to see about his daughter. And they told him, leave Jesus alone. Your daughter is dead. So he had a choice at that point, either to believe what they told him or to believe what Jesus said. For Jesus said, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. So what we said about fatality faith is fatality faith will allow you to believe what God says and not what man says. Finally, fatality faith's results will astonish you. Jesus got to the house and everybody was crying and moaning and and, and he said, she's sleeping. They mocked him. They scorned him. And he put everybody out. But when he got done and spoke to the little girl and called her up from her sleeping position, the Bible says that her parents were astonished at what they saw. And I'll say this about faith. Faith will astonish you at what the results bring. Some of you are living proof today that faith is a great means by which to bring astonishment to someone's face. Uh, What God is able to do through this vehicle we call faith is absolutely amazing. It's absolutely inexplicable. We can't really put words to what we witness and what we experience when we are walking or living or trusting Him by faith. Are y'all still here with me? Well, as we look into this text this morning in Hebrews chapter 11, this definition of faith that we find here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 is one that we oftentimes turn to in times of trouble or struggle or distress or failing or feigning of faith. It is a text that we turn to to shore up our faith, to focus us in on what faith really is all about. It is a text that we use as a means of encouragement for brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. But I'll say this, it's a text that does not disappoint. It's a text that we can leave from encouraged, knowing that we can endure whatever challenge is coming our way. It allows us to leave knowing that whatever it is I'm dealing with, faith will help me overcome it. Do I have any witnesses in the house on this morning that they faced some difficult times and faith got you through? It's amazing to me, even in hospital visits and in those times when those who are scientifically endowed look at a situation and through all their scientific analytical approaches and through all their uh, matriculations of, through medication and medicine and all their theoretical approaches to their scientific uh, resolves to things, they, even those who have weighed in on their, their measure of trying to understand and comprehend the, the possibility of any results, I'm really going somewhere, it, it's amazing to me that they even get to the place where They say that it's up to your faith now. After you've measured all the science, after you've uh, 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 figured out what amount of medicine to give, and after you've figured out how much this to do and how much that to do, how can you then, after all of your trust and confidence, being in all these other things, then finally say, now it's up to your faith. 
but I serve a God, and you as well, who is famous for confounding the wise and showing them that faith in him is greater than any other thing. This passage in chapter 11 are really just a continuation of what the author has already been saying to the saints prior to getting to chapter 11. He's been speaking to the saints in the earlier verses, saying to them that it takes faith in the one who gave his superior and ultimate sacrifice on the cross in place of every other sacrifice. It takes faith in his sacrifice that was better than any other other sacrifice. It takes faith in him if we're going to have life. Stay here with me. He goes on to let them know it is faith in him, the one who gave the ultimate and superior and supreme sacrifice, the sacrifice that was above the sacrifices of bulls, goats, and lambs, because those sacrifices could never satisfy God. It takes faith in the sacrifice of the one named Jesus Christ. It takes faith in him to get you through the trials and the tribulations and the struggles that are coming your way, because as a result of your faith that you put in him, you're going to endure some difficult times. He's talking to a group of people who are going to have to go through threat of life and death as a result of claiming the name of Jesus. But he reminds them and says to them, if you keep the faith, you'll be able to endure whatever challenge comes your way. And even though that is the context of this passage, I believe there is transferable insight and benefit to you and I. The transferable benefit to you or I is if we keep the faith, doesn't matter what we're going through, doesn't matter what challenge we have, if we keep the faith, then we too can endure the challenges and trials and tribulations that come our way. But our faith has to be in the one who gave the superior and supreme and ultimate sacrifice. Y'all still here with me? You do know faith can be in a whole lot of things, but what we're talking about is faith in God. And so, in this text, after he comes back laying out for them and sharing with them how they might endure through faith to be able to deal with whatever comes their way, he comes back to them now in chapter 11 and he defines what faith is. He not only defines it, but he gives examples of it in this text. I want to talk on this morning, the third part of the series, from the subject matter, faith is. Simply, faith is. I believe that when we understand what faith is, we can use it to our benefit. In other words, when you know what faith is, you can make it work for you. Faith is. Now, I'm going to preface this introductory portion by saying this, it's, I'm going to have to get a little technical in my explanations of the definitions, but I'm going to try not to lose you. Is that okay? It is usable information, but, but it's, it's necessary that I take time to walk through it so that you can really get the whole picture of it. Y'all still here? And so, the author starts off by saying, now... After already telling them, you've got to have faith in Christ. If you're going to deal with the the trials and the tribulations that are coming your way, if you're going to endure through the hard times, you've got to have faith in Christ. He starts there. And then he comes back and he says, now faith is the substance of things 
hope for. Now, here's the problem with this text before I get into it. The problem with this text is y'all have heard it too many times. Because you've heard it so many times, you think you already know what it means. Can I ask you just to pretend like you've never heard it before? Just for the period of time that we are together, can you pretend that I've never heard this text before? See, this is one of the problems with, with us as Christians. We hear text, we familiarize ourselves with text, we memorize text, and we think we know all about what that means. And so, therefore, we miss out on the power of what God is trying to bring through us because we think we know it all already. Lord, help us today. Faith is the substance. Now, let me begin by saying, I want to talk about, first of all, the nature of faith. Faith is the substance. The word here used for substance is hypostasis. That's the Greek word, hypostasis, which means confidence. Faith is the confidence, but it doesn't stop at confidence. The word hypostasis gives the understanding of the equivalent of a legal document. In other words, faith is the deed. Lord, help me. Proving that you have the right to possess the things you hope for. When you go to put your children in school in a certain district, when you go to the school, the educators there, the principal there, the administration there will say, you need to prove that you live in this district. And so what they require of you as proof that you live in this district is a deed to your house. Stay here with me. The deed to the house not only proves, watch this, that your children are okay to go to this school. But the deed to the house means that you have a right to possess the house. Faith is the deed that proves you have a right to possess what you hope for. Can I help you right here? On every deed, there is a signature on a deed. There's an authorization on the deed. On the deed of your faith is the signature of God written in the holy word of God. Stay here with me. Faith is the deed that has been signed by God that says you have a right to possess what you've hoped for. Here's my question. I'm, I'm going to get to it later, but I'm, I'm just wondering what you're hoping for. Faith is the substance. It is substantive in nature. That means it is tangible in nature, but it is tangible in nature. But uh, hold on. It, it, in, in the nature of how it exists, it is, it is tangible, yet I can't see it. Faith is the substance. Faith is, in the context of this passage, regarding perseverance. Faith is the substance, the substantive proof of the promise of God. Watch this, because it's written in the word of God, which we hope for in the future. So in other words, whatever it is I'm hoping for in the future, faith says I've got a deed already written that says it belongs to you. Who wrote the deed? God wrote the deed because when God says, I've got something for you, he signs it and he puts it away for you. And all you've got to do is walk by faith to get to it. Can I, I'm, I'm going to really help you all right here. Here's your Black Friday special. 
Your Black Friday special is if you'd walk by faith, you'll possess what God has already signed off with, with a, on a deed for you to possess. You just haven't come into possession of it yet because you haven't exercised divine faith. Okay. Faith is the substance, uh, substantive proof of the promise of God, which we hope for in the future. Faith uh, makes uh, what we hope for a reality while we're waiting for it. Okay. Um, it is the substance of things hoped for. Hope presupposes faith. In other words, if you have no hope, there's no need of faith. This is why people who don't, watch this, people who don't look ahead beyond today and don't look for a future with God, they have and they live lives from day to day that are hopeless. I've talked to many young people and many young specifically men, and, and they've said things like this. Because of the community that I grew up in, because of my friends that I hung out with, I had no hope of living past the age of 20. Y'all still here? Well, when you have no hope, there is no need of faith. But hope presupposes, it always comes in front of faith. So faith is that deed that God has signed off on. Lord, help me. That allows that which you've hoped for to be a reality even though you haven't gotten to it yet. Y'all still here? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um... It's the thing you hope for. Watch this. Uh, it, it comes back, he says, of the things hoped for, the things hoped for. I was looking this, this passage and digging into it, and I found this quote from a, a guy by the name of Hugo de St. Victor. He says, faith, by faith alone, we are sure of eternal things, that they are, that they exist. But by hope... We are confident that we shall have them. I love that. The nature of faith is that it is the substantive reality of the things that we rightly hope for. And here is another special I want you to grab hold of. And this, it is this. If you always want what you hope for, Hope for the things that God has signed off on a deed for you to have. This is why Jesus says, watch this, Jesus says this. He says, the Bible says, if those who are in Christ Jesus can ask what they will and they shall have it. Watch this. Because when I become a Christian, my life is no longer my own. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Y'all still here with me? And if Christ lives in me, my hope is built. 
or nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Y'all still here? Can I take you old school? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Pastor, where are you going? I'm trying to help you to understand something. If you want to hope right, you've got to turn your life over to him and let him hope through you. And then that which you hope for, you'll always receive it because that's what he has for you. Lord, have mercy. So if you just let him live through you, then you'll always have what you hope for. Because what you hope for, he's already signed off that you will possess. Y'all still here? So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The nature of faith we've dealt with, but I need to secondly move us into the realm of faith. As I read through this second part of verse number one, it says faith is not only the substance, it is substantive in nature, but the realm of faith is that it is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence, it's the demonstration, it's the information from the testimony of God. Lord, my God. It is the convincing proof that allows the soul to see what the eyes cannot. Mm. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm, I'm getting happy up here, but I'm trying to contain myself for teaching purposes. Faith is evidence that God has given that something exists where my physical self can't see it. But because of my relationship with God, Faith allows my soul and my spirit to see what my eyes can never see. Can I talk to you just for a moment? Why did you give your heart and life to Jesus? Did not you hope that you would inherit eternal life? I think the answer is yes. But the reality is you can't see eternal life. Matter of fact, if you look at what you see tells you every day that life is quickly coming to an end. Lord, help us today. If, if you look at pictures from 10 years ago, it'll show you that you ain't what you used to be. My God, my God. You, it'll tell you that your eyes ain't as strong as they were 10 years ago. That's why you're carrying glasses around. Matter of fact, if you're anything like me, you got glasses everywhere. Because you can't see like you used to see. Lord, help me here. And time tells me that I can't run as fast as I used to run. I can't pick up what I used to pick up. I can't hang like I used to hang. Time tells me that this physical body is dying and it's going away. My, my eyes are growing weak. My steps are growing short. For some, your hair is growing thin and you realize that time is passing away but somehow you are able to hope that I've got eternal life even though I can't see it. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. 
You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.